0: This is the Bible Quizzer Podcast. Thank you so kindly for joining us. My name is Cullen Baggett. In our last episode, I talked with David Roberts about some tips and tricks for quizzers already existing, trying to improve their game, or for new quizzers. Today, we're going to pivot a little, and we're going to focus on a ministry or a team as a whole. So, I have brought on a very special guest to our podcast. That would be Mr. Mike Balka. He used to be my Bible quiz coach for five years. He has been involved a lot longer than that. Without me just gabbing on, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him for our first question and kind of get in here. So, Mr. Balka, first, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then if you would, kind of give me the rundown on how you were first exposed to Bible quizzing and what really interested you to eventually start a program. But just start off by telling us what was your first exposure and how did you first become involved in Bible quizzing?
1: Hello, Colin. Thank you so much for having me on to the BibleQuizzer.net podcast. I'm really happy to be here, and I love Bible Quiz. I was involved with Bible Quiz for well over a decade. My first exposure to Bible Quiz was on a Sunday night at Faith Baptist Church in Taylor, South Carolina, where our family was attending. The Bible Quiz team did a demonstration before the church, And uh, my wife and I were sitting there. We had been involved in Frontline Clubs, which was a Wednesday night club for children. My wife and I had both worked on the development of the club. Uh, She worked on the curriculum team, and I worked on the the flag and the awards team. But that club was a club to help kids memorize scripture, uh, was a big component of it. So my wife and I were very much on board with the whole concept of getting the Word of God into the hearts of, of kids and people. When we saw this Bible quiz demo, we were completely blown away. They would start to ask a question about the Bible, and these kids would jump up before the whole question was answered with just a couple words. And my wife turned to me, and she's like, what exactly is going on? You know, And we, we both were uh, kind of dumbfounded by it. it, had not quite figured it out, but we... We gathered very quickly that it's unbelievable how well these kids have memorized the scripture and the fact that they could a few seconds start giving an answer to a question on a very specific verse. And so we we're trying to figure out, you know, were they given the questions beforehand or, you know, how did they how did they learn this? But uh, anyway, after that, we got really excited about it. Our son Kelton at that time, he was probably in around fifth grade or, or or sixth grade, maybe. I think it's probably more about fifth grade for our, our oldest son. And what happened, we homeschooled our children. So my wife, she decided she wanted to get him involved in home, in a Bible quiz. So she determined what the passage would be for that year. And she started having him memorize that as part of his homeschooling curriculum. So that when he started Bible quiz in seventh grade, which at that point in time at Faith Baptist Church, there was no elementary Bible quizzing. You you could only start in seventh grade. So we had him kind of start in advance and be, get prepared. And we also, as a family, my, uh, my wife had me print off sheets with the, the book of James on it. And we had them at our breakfast table. And every morning, we would quote through chapter one. My wife is a teacher, and she was uh, really good with the way we said it. She had a certain type of inflection with different words that would make it stick in your your mind and in your memory. We, We started reaching out to other people. My nephew and niece, Devin Davies and Kelsey Davies, they got involved in Bible Quiz about a year or so before us. And because of that, we started following them before we ever had Kelton in Bible Quiz, and learning all that we could. And very quickly, we discovered that some of our former next-door neighbors from Florida, when we lived in Florida, they had been uh, involved in Bible quizzing, and were at a very elite level. So I went to visit my nephew and niece in Florida, and I stopped by their house, and I just asked them to tell me everything they could about Bible quizzing everything that, you know, I could possibly learn. I did everything I could to absorb from them. I asked them question after question, you know, what materials do you use? Uh, How do you memorize it? You know, how do you answer questions? Just asked everything I possibly could uh, in just trying to learn. And then God really blessed me in terms of the the place we were located at that time at Faith Baptist in South Carolina they were coming off one of the best years ever. That team that did the demo for us, I believe they were national champions that year, had uh, two incredible quizzers there. One was named Jonathan Bishop, and the other, uh, her, it was a girl, her last name was Parrot. I can't remember her first name, but she was, she was fantastic too from everything that I had heard. I never really got to see them qu- quiz other than that demo, but uh, I've heard In years since then just how fantastic they were but i was able to start with kelton with a coach that had won a national championship and then the borkert family moved from colorado and they had had multiple kids win national championships with a church in colorado and he started coaching with our bible quiz program and i kind of got to sit uh between brother tom swinton who was a national champion coach and Dr. Borkert, who was a national championship coach and see what they did. And so I was just trying to absorb all the information that I could and learn everything I could. And that's really, uh, that's really how we we got started. So anyway,
0: very, very good. Thank you for your answer. It's interesting to see kind of where you started before I came in. Now, obviously I know the answer to some of these questions that I'm about to ask you because I was there, but I want to get your perspective. For those of you who don't know, I started in the 2011-2012 season under Mr. Balka. He was my coach at Temple. Real similar there, they had a little demo that um, several people were invited to and they were quizzing um, at that time. All I really knew about it, it was kind of like a Bible Jeopardy thing, and I had heard that there was some tournament in Colorado that everybody was excited about traveling to and Temple wound up I think uh, they finished second um, the year before I started to be involved and I kind of got involved the same way just getting in a demo and asking a lot of questions afterward and starting attending practice next question though briefly summarize what did you try for a normal practice what would that look like when the quiz program all gets together and they meet up to prepare for tournaments. What would kind of your practice structure have been on a normal basis? And you can talk about the frequency, just how it would look, what your mentality was, and how you practiced.
1: Well, Colin, that's a great question. The uh, the way that I approached um, our Bible quiz practices. I felt like it was very necessary for the quizzers to kind of get an experience like they would have on the quiz pads in competition. So I kind of wanted to get it as close to uh, competition uh, as we could. Um, Fortunately we had some junior quizzers and very often what I would do is bring my junior quizzers with my, my top quizzers. And I would maybe mix them up sometimes, um, and, and try to get them to compete so that the competition would be stronger um, against each other. So sometimes we would be focused more on working as a team together, and so we would, you know, keep the people who are competing on teams uh, together. But uh, sometimes, just to kind of make it more competitive, you know, we would go ahead and and split some of the people that were on the teams but in my practices i often had a a whole lot of kids uh that were just you know locked into bible quiz matches like you'd have on a tournament day and i usually uh had us practicing two times a week we would practice on sunday and we would practice on wednesday and uh wednesday I believe we went from four till six, um, so that was a pretty long pra- practice, two hours. Then, and Sunday would be, um, I believe we were there around four thirty to five thirty. So we usually had two practices a week. I also had a little candy jar. I had candy in there, and would often um, give the candy for different types of incentives. Okay, so that you know if people were tired or whatever a a reason to to get actively engaged Um, so one of the things that we would do is um, for somebody who didn't maybe have all the material make it fun for them we would sometimes just say uh, we're going to jump on a certain number or jump on a light and I always try to have legit quiz pads in there I've heard of some teams not having quiz lights and practicing without them but I always wanted to have the real quiz pads in there and uh when they would jump on the light like that, then um, we would usually have something like the first person to three gets a piece of candy or something like that, and so we might do a few rounds of that just to get them warmed up, to get them jumping more aggressively. So we, we often would do games like that. Sometimes I, I also would start by just going around and asking each quizzer, give me a chapter, I'm going to ask you a question. Out of your best, out of your best chapter. Let me see how fast you you can jump. Sometimes I would limit them and say, "Okay, you, you're getting the the reference and one word, and that's it. I want to see you see you answer." We also would just talk about things like how, how to answer questions where a preposition is included, exactly how to answer it. We also would discuss the logic if you jump up and you have a reference only the best way to get either the question or the answer in what you say and so we, we worked a lot on the different logic behind quizzing and uh and those type of things but a lot of our practices was just heads down let's make this as competitive as we possibly can And Let's see where the the quizzers are strong. Let's see what their weaknesses are. Let's figure out if we have any chapters that are weak We also usually when people would come in They would have chapter assignments. We'd have some kids that would be going for it all Okay, but the other ones we would be divvying up the chapters so that we had multiple coverage on every every chapter, you know, you want to have multiple coverage and so we would have them come in and, and inform us as to how well they were doing on their chapter assignments. Sometimes if they um, had accomplished something regarding their chapter assignments, then they would be given candy and those kinds of things. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much how we approached it. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thanks for that answer. I felt very prepared as a quizzer when it came tournament time because of the amount of preparation we put in. I'm pretty sure um, we were very prepared as far as quiz strategy goes most of the time, um, just showing up ready with what we had. And I think a big part of that was organization and making sure that we had proper assignments and uh, pursuing those goals to make sure we kind of had the chapters laid out in a way that depth was emphasized so there wasn't too much reliance per se on one person for one chapter of material, for example, if he or she quizzed out. Okay, so pivoting off of that, you mentioned uh, using candy as kind of an encouragement tool. As a coach, how did you approach... We'll break this twofold. One, what was your approach to recruiting new quizzers? So first part, just how would you recruit new quizzers? And then second, how did you as a coach work to encourage and build up and let's say get the most potential out of a quizzer? Was this, did you have kind of a straightforward process? Is this something that has to be unique and tailor-made to that quizzer? But how would you develop a quizzer per se to go from being, you know, kind of new to average to then hopefully above average? So twofold question there. Uh, One, how did you recruit, bring in new quizzers? And then second, developing the ones that you have to help them reach their top potential.
1: Hello, Colin. Uh, That's some great questions that you asked. Uh, And um, regarding the first one regarding recruiting, how did I recruit quizzers? Well, it kind of depended on the situation. When uh, I first got involved in Bible quiz, we were involved in frontline clubs, like I had mentioned previously. And because we were working in a club where kids were memorizing scripture, we could see who the kind of superstar type quizzers were. And uh, we looked zeroed in on families. So we we basically nailed it down to three families. Um, we were going to be one of them. We recruited two other families But um, both those families were homeschooling and seemed to be very supportive about uh, memorizing scripture and excited about memorizing scripture. So we basically reached out to them and just said, hey, we're thinking about starting uh, Bible quizzing at Faith for Elementary Quizzers. Would your family be interested in participating? Would you be willing to pray about it and, um, and discuss it and and get back with us and let us know what you think. And both of those families, the Sutherland family, Ron and Wendy Sutherland, and the Borkert family, which was Dan and uh, Borkert, they both prayed about it, discussed it, and agreed to do it. And so we kind of were off of the races. It's very easy to work in that format when you have just like three families. You only have to send out basically a text to two different people whenever you're planning to practice. You can quickly know what the schedules of the people were. Worked really well across our three families. We had, I think, about uh, six. To, no, we had about seven quizzers across just the, the two families. So we had a couple people sit in the bench. Most of the people got to start. Worked really well. After that, when we moved to Temple, and I was asked to take over the Bible quiz program there, we started going to the academy And I would do a demo of Bible quizzing, and different people attended that. Sometimes they would have—we had a homeschool umbrella group, and every once in a while they would bring those people together. And when they did that, I would try to do a demo there. And then I would get up and talk for a few minutes just about the benefits of Bible quiz, getting Scripture into the hearts of your, your children That way God's word will never return void. Discuss the benefits. And a lot of times, um, you know, a couple of parents would get excited about it and start getting their kids involved. At least give it a try. Come to our practices. And uh, that's basically the main way I recruited. If I saw a family that looked like that they might be well suited for them, I, I would probably mention something to them, pursue them. But most of our recruiting was kind of done that way, and I prayed a lot that God would give me laborers, and I even told Pastor Sexton that, you know, to please pray for me, that God would send me laborers, and God sent me great families in the the Baggett family, the Mike and Karen Black, and the Prophets, Trevor and Tammy Prophet, as well as even a, a couple other ones. The Hendries were very supportive of it, the Miljenovic's up front. Um, they were supportive, so God, God sent us um, really good people and just kind of blessed. But that's basically how I handled uh, recruiting in terms of developing quizzers.
0: In my opinion, a
1: lot of it was about making it fun and exciting for the kids. I didn't want somebody to come to practice and just be bored. You know, sit there on a quiz pad and never jump. I tried to develop different games. You know, we would have one, you know, where you jump on, uh, you know, a number and then the quiz masters just start by saying, okay, jump on five. They say eight, nine, seven, five. And then whoever won, if you, you won like three of those, you get a piece of candy, like I mentioned earlier. Then we would have some quiz matches that would be by a specific question type. So for example, we might have a quiz, a quiz match that's only partial reference questions or full reference questions, or quote-the-verse questions, so that they get used to the different types of questions. They can assess where their strengths are. We can assess where their strengths are. We also did our best to, to have triple coverage on every chapter. That was kind of a goal that we had. We would have some kids in the summer would tell us that they're committed to memorizing all the material and they they would start working on it. Well, we would kind of build a a team usually around those people that were memorizing it all and we would try to get it so that every team would kind of have triple coverage. And and so we had a a chart that we would lay out and we would email back and forth as we made chapter assignments uh, between the different leaders in Bible Quiz and uh, usually Karen Black and I were the ones making chapter assignments and trying to figure that out. We also had we had multiple quiz lights. So we would usually run two rooms. So we would run an elementary room so they wouldn't get too discouraged uh, because they couldn't jump with the high schoolers at that rate of speed. But then what happened is when we would start getting really good elementary quizzers. Very often, we'd bring them with the, with the top-level people because they would just find it so exciting, the opportunity to try to beat a senior high person. And those kids, we found, often would become better and better because they were competing against really top-notch quizzers in our senior high. And then our senior high quizzers, you know, they didn't want to have to deal with getting beat by, you know, a second grader. Or, or something like that, and so uh, very often it helped them gain more control, self-control in terms of, you know, not just jumping uh, through the moon, and uh, I just felt like there were very good dynamics there, especially when we'd ramp up to a tournament. We, we'd often bring those two, two sets of uh, quizzers together and quiz over and over, and at the very least, the elementary quizzes were hearing all of those questions getting prepared for the tournament like that, if they couldn't out-jump them, usually you have your top quizzers, they quiz out, and then they'd be sitting there with competitors that they can compete against. Uh, That's a lot of the way that we did it. There was a ton of just developing different uh, games or things that would make it fun. We wanted kids to come to practice, enjoy coming to practice, and we wanted to give them a reason to memorize, make it fun for them to memorize A lot of the hard work really is done at home. That's at least the way we're structured. I've seen other programs that were really good about, we're going to bring them in, they're going to have to quote to us. We did have a little bit of that. Usually before we went to Colorado, we would have a test. If if somebody had chapter assignments and they were, were not getting their material, we would have them take a test. That was based off of Coach Pro, the software package Coach Pro, to assess their knowledge and see, hey, is this kid really ready to compete or not? And, and so that's kind of the way we did it, developing quizzes. But a, a ton of it was building relationship with those quizzers, making it fun for them. I would say those two are the biggest uh, keys to developing a, a quizzer. Make it fun for them. I would also, I would compete with them in the summer. They would love to try to beat. You know, the Bible quiz coach, that was a lot of fun for them to see me on quiz pads because I was always the one telling them, OK, this is what you need to do. But when I had to demonstrate that I could do what I was coaching them to do for them, it was a lot of fun. So I try to do my best to make it fun for them.
0: Yeah, great answer. I appreciate that really twofold. I think there's a lot that goes into not only getting started and recruiting quizzers because you have to have a base, but developing those quizzers into being average above average and hopefully far far above average to win quizzes and different uh, strategies and whatnot and team makeups and really you have to just work with what you have let's transition though there is one question in this one i i don't really want it to be perceived as a negative question it is a realistic one what would you say are some of the hardest barriers or challenges slash difficulties about starting and running a quiz program. Right now, the number of programs seems to be a little bit less than what there were in the past years, but it seems that the quality of the programs is about the same or a little bit higher in some cases. But Personally, what would you say are some barriers or difficulties that maybe you experienced if you, or you have heard of other programs experiencing that one should expect and maybe ideas for how to overcome those barriers or just generally what to expect.
1: Colin, that is a great question uh, regarding the barriers uh, that you would encounter with Bible quiz. You know, Satan always attacks when you're trying to accomplish something great for God. And so he's going to work in the little details. And what I mean by that is very often you'll have some people who... Don't want other people getting praised and stuff for their hard work, and so sometimes there'll just be a discouragement saying, "Oh, those those Bible quizzes are just getting all prideful." That's all about pride. Seems like they very often will will hit that. And where my my personal experience has been is usually those kids, as they're getting the Word of God in their heart, they they tend to be more humble. They they get excited about winning. That is true. They'll get excited about that. But very often, it's just Satan working to, tr- to try to make it difficult and, and challenging. You know, what I would say is, is a coach is up front, make those quizzers uh, aware that that's a, a potential problem, uh, try to develop in them a humble heart, a humble perspective, and, and help them to realize that being a part of Bible quiz is almost like a gift in, in many ways you know, they wouldn't have the success if there wasn't a program and if there wasn't quiz masters out there willing to quiz, uh, quiz master, people willing to pay money for, uh, for them to travel, people willing to give up their time, their Saturdays to compete. And so I feel like that's something that needs to be developed into the quizzers basically, a humility and a gratefulness for what is being given to them as an opportunity to memorize scripture. That's one of the big barriers. It also really helps if you have a pastor that is really, really on board. I've seen pastors, uh, different varying levels. You know, I've seen some pastors that are excited. Uh, to have a Bible quiz team, but don't really get involved. And I've seen other pastors like Pastor Massengale, who he would travel this team everywhere. He would quiz master whenever he had the opportunity and just be jump in with both feet all over the place. And uh, I feel like it's stronger to build a program at a place like that where you have complete buy-in from the pastor because people want to please their pastor. One of the barriers that, that you could potentially have is just not having a pastor that's, that's his primary focus, you know, he he might have a hundred different programs going on in the church, and if it's not as much on his radar, and I'm not saying that that's bad, he he, he could be out there feeding widows and, and door-to-door soul winning in amazing ways and bus ministries and those kinds of things, but sometimes that could be a bit of a barrier if it's just not a, a top priority of, of the pastor. Another barrier that you, you get is finding those families that are willing to be committed. If, if you can't find people to be committed, I, I've, I've seen some parents who just like won't travel at all with, with their kids. I've seen some families that just, I had one situation where a quizzer had never moved, uh, had gone out of their state for any, any reason whatsoever and was afraid to travel because they had never even been out of their state. Uh, which is very unusual type of situation but sometimes you have people just don't want to travel uh, a lot of times though it's the challenge of the work trying to get somebody to do the level of work it needs uh they need to do to succeed very often that's a challenge and uh very often if you get really top not, uh, notch quizzes and you start developing them very often, the, the kind of the final layer before you have really great success is strategy. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll start having difficulty in your Bible quiz program because you just kind of can't get over the hurdle and have success because you've got great quizzers, but they start to just jump against each other. You have a lot of exciting things going on there, but it can be really hard to close out. And uh, just become a top-notch winning program at the end of the day. I don't know how to explain it other than that. It can just be a great challenge. And what happens is when you start having success, individual success basically breeds more success That because it gives them more desire to, to, to pursue and to win. When the team starts having success, everybody starts getting excited. Everybody starts having more fun. Winning is fun okay, but when you lose, it's not not as fun, so that becomes a real barrier. You've got to be able to, to encourage your quizzers in a way that you start getting success. Once you start getting a little taste of success, you can have one quizzer that just starts having success, and other kids start looking at them, start seeing how much fun they're having, it starts getting contagious, and then, wow, the, before you know it, a program builds completely around one, one kid it was completely committed and started memorizing scripture so anyway that's that's my take on on barriers
0: thank you for your answer i generally agree with that line it's typically not fun to lose as i'm not a uh, a member of the detroit lions or the cleveland browns or another losing franchise i can agree with that statement uh, losing typically isn't fun Okay, so we've talked about aspects and elements of trying to start and run a program. As we wrap this thing up, one last question for you. If you could do it all again, is there maybe something that you would do differently? And then just based on your years of experience in Bible quizzing, what would some general advice be that you have for someone who is trying to get a program started or he or she has gotten the ball rolling on a program, but it's taking that program to the next step and trying to grow it and be able to attend more events um, and ultimately become one of the top programs in the country.
1: Well, Colin, those are very interesting uh, questions to kind of wrap this uh, interview up. Um, What would I do differently if I was starting over as a coach I think the main thing that I would do different is to be a better delegator. God would give me the grace to do that. We built several things into our program that were pretty dynamic, like the Smoky Mountain Invitational Tournament. The we also built a uh, the Southeast Bible Quiz Association had quizzing going on in two different levels. Right now, none of that is going on. If if I had delegated better, I would prefer to do what I believe is Paul told Timothy to find faithful men pray for faithful men to come into your ministry that you can train and train those people how to carry on that work when you're not available and and those things need to be carried on if I had done a better job at training more people now I I trained quiz masters and, and I trained people to coach and those kinds of things but really the place where I needed more training was the administrative work of running a, a tournament, running monthly quiz matches, running a, a Bible quiz association. That's where I feel like I kind of dropped the ball and wish I had, had done better because I feel like that all that work could be uh, carried on today. So that, that would be my advice is, when you're training, I know you have to invest a lot of time in training uh, coaches, quizzers, quiz, uh, people to quiz master in your ministry, those kinds of things. But look for and pray for people that have that administrative ability and try to train people like that to carry on the work um, once God moves you in a different in a different direction. So that's what I would do different. Regarding general advice, I would say two things. Number one, build relationships. It is very important in Bible quiz to build relationships. You need to build relationships with quizzers, with quizzers' parents, with coaches, with quiz masters from across the country, from people who are running Bible quiz tournaments. You need to work on building relationships with them, and then everything will come easier to your your program. Because People are willing to give you information and you need a lot of information to figure out how to succeed in Bible quiz. And if you just invest in other people and and talk to them, they very often I've found, you know, in the Bible quiz community, they'll just open up to you and start telling you, well, this is how we succeeded. All of that information is very important and very valuable. So I would say build relationships, work on building relationships. And then when you need somebody to quiz master, because you've got a good relationship with them that they'll be more than happy to help you quiz master or coach or maybe invest in your team traveling those kinds of things so building relationships is very important the other general piece of advice i would get uh give you is look at bible quiz as an investment not just in time and money but eternally it's an internal investment that you're making i remember my kids when we first started getting into Bible quiz, we started telling our children that if they would memorize all of the, the material for the, the year, that we would give them a pretty big prize. And, you know, sometimes it might be something like $50 or something like that back then, which is a lot more money than it is now. But we would always try to incentivize them, give them a, a reward. The Bible says the workman is worthy of his hire. And they're putting in a lot of hard work there. But if you look at that as an investment with eternal rewards, it's amazing to see the way I've had quizzers, even kids from my own family who've come back and told me, Dad, you wouldn't believe the way God used the verses I knew in Bible quiz in a situation in college. Some of my kids got involved in working at Teen Extreme, a camp camp, during the summer, and that God would bring them people and that they would have verses readily available off the top of their head um, and be able to minister more effectively to those people from what they had learned in Bible quiz. So it's an investment that can impact other people's lives for time and eternity. It doesn't just end with the scripture that's memorized by the, the students. It's the ripple effect, the impact that their lives will then have on other people's lives, so I always try to make it really fun for my kids. I would do things like, you know, when we're traveling somewhere, I'd go to Walmart and let everybody pick out a box of candy that they could eat while we're traveling. I, I would try to go to special meals with them. Just make it as fun as I possibly could for them. You know, whether it was I was just going to get out, stop in the mountains, get out with the guys in my Bible quiz team and just pass the football or something like that. Just do everything you can to make it fun and realize that it's an investment that has rewards that you will see in eternity. So that is my best advice. Thank you for having me, Colin, for the interview. I'm hoping it will have a positive impact. And if there's ever anything that somebody needs help with, feel free to, to reach out to me. You can email me at mbalca at tnstandard.com. I'd be more than happy to help anybody I can get the Word of God in the hearts of kids' lives. Thanks a lot, and have a great day.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for your answers and for speaking to us on the podcast. I uh, I appreciate you being a part of it. I am excited to see how this turns out. I'll go ahead and wrap us up here. In conclusion, a lot of good little pointers here from my former coach. I'm really grateful for all the influence that he's had on me through the years. Mr. Balka was just an amazing coach and really ran the program well, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him. So thank you for that, Mr. Balka. Repeat what he said. If you would like to reach out to him, that's going to be mbalka at tnstandard.com, m-b-a-l-k-a at tnstandard.com. Or you can reach out to me. My email is going to be cullen, c-u-l-l-e-n, at Biblequizer.net. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. See you.